Why you do energize? Ooh, here Let's we talk about some passions. Here we go. We're back doing passions podcast. We're All back. Right. Hey everybody, I'm Latara. Hi, I'm Laura. And this is Passions, passions podcast. podcast. We're talking about passions, the wonderful world of passion. It is. It is wonderful. It, it is. really is wonderful. It's a wonderful world. It is an interesting place, Harmony USA. This episode was really good. We're doing. It was episodes twenty-eight and twenty-nine today. Mm-hmm. We're dang girl. We're almost up to thirty. I know. Wow. Yeah. We're really busting through these things. <laughs> It's funny because, like, we're forced to go a little bit slower since we have to, like, take notes and do a podcast and do the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. if I was just watching it, it'd be so easy to just put it on and let it play. I'm telling you, I would be well through, <laughs> well into the second season. Oh, right easily, now. yeah. But we're not there yet. Episode not 28. Yet. Episode 28. Episode Here we are. 28 opens at Harmony PD again. And this time, Ethan is talking to the PI, Frank. Um, and then we have like a series of flashbacks. He's talking to the PI about this girl, and then we see all of the things that have transpired between the two of them. Basically, mm-hmm. this episode had a bunch of flashbacks, actually. Yeah, but they, they always they, do. But they weren't too. It wasn't too many, and they really kind of served to push the story forward. I feel like yeah. in this episode, I feel like a lot of times the the flashbacks are just filler. Mm, I agree. Yeah, and this time it really was just. Catching catching us up, but also moving the story forward. Yeah, catching us up to give us new information. Right. Yeah. What? Oh, they show us that ugly ass I sketch love of Teresa again. It's, the the drawing, the skill in the the artistry of of making that drawing, that sketch in of itself is good. It's impressive. But the, the quality of the sketch in that it looks nothing like Teresa, is terrible. She, that, <laughs> she, she looks horrible. She looks like Gollum. She looks so bad. She looks like, like, she looks like she's transforming into Gollum. So they show us this sketch again, <laughs> and we are supposed to believe that anybody who sees this sketch would know it was Teresa. <laughs> That's obviously what they are trying to make us believe, but I, like, if they showed that to me, I'd be like, I don't know who that is. I know who it I've is. I've never seen this person in my life. Gone. <laughs> That's what it looks like. I don't... This is... Anyway. That picture's so, crazy. Oh, God. But Frank goes up to Ethan and he says to him, he's like, wow, you want this girl pretty bad, huh? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a... There's a double meaning behind that. You want this girl pretty bad. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> it's like, ooh, some foreshadowing. Because Ethan loves Teresa. He, he just does doesn't know Teresa. it yet. He has no clue. No clue. So Ethan is there... To pick up Sheridan right. also. So let's just hang out at the police station That's, and get everything done at the police yeah, station. Yeah, I would agree. So Luis and Sheridan, this is what I've written. They want to make out, but they can't, so they fight. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Um, they have such tension between them. It's so obvious. Oh, please. It's ridiculously it's obvious. It's so obvious. But the thing is, is they both know that they're attracted to each other, obviously, Plus, they're both so beautiful. How could you not be? Mm. But Sheridan doesn't want to like him on principle because he arrested her and she doesn't feel like it's right, even though it was. And he doesn't want to like her on principle because she's a crane and he hates the cranes, right? Yeah. And so instead of, like, just admitting that they find the other person attractive, they just argue and bicker. Well, and I think they both have, I mean, obviously, have judged each other prematurely, right? Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. Well... I don't think he necessarily judged... Well, he did judge her prematurely just based on being a crane, but she did turn out to be fucking awful. Yeah. Like, she did yeah. turn out to be awful. 
And she has judged him based on him doing the right thing. Which was arresting her. She's mad at him for doing the right thing, which is arrest her for being awful and breaking tons of laws. Well, she thinks that she is the exception and she doesn't have to abide by the laws the rest of us have to. So, I mean, whatever. Hopefully, look, they love each other. They can't admit it yet, but they love each other. Yeah. So they're in that cell. And remember the the picture had fallen out of Jean-Luc with the <laughs> inscription, I love you forever, my darling. Yeah. And Do you think Mimi had an identical picture? I love you forever, may- my darling. <laughs> how many How many women had that photograph with, I love you forever, my darling, Jean-Luc? How many women had that I fucking picture? So Louise says to Sheridan, oh, is that your boyfriend? What's this? Who's this guy? <laughs> and Sheridan's like, I'll show you what this guy means to me. And she rips up the picture. I loved it. He means nothing <laughs> to me. And you need to get out of my life. I loved it. So childish. So overdramatic. I mean, to rip a picture in half. I don't know. That to me is just... I, you know what? I don't know. When I was in elementary school, I got bullied, like, kind of heavy. And because I was smaller than all the other kids, I was younger than all the other kids. I started school a year early. Mm -hmm. So I got bullied pretty badly. One time a boy, like, threw a big rock and it hit (gasps) me in my head. And I, like, I have a scar still. Oh, my It, like, gashed me open. And I was, like, bleeding. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. I got bullied really bad in in elementary school. Anyway. So... In my pictures in, like, sixth grade, I think, I was looking at pictures from, like, fifth grade, from, like, kindergarten through fifth grade that my mom had, like, gotten developed. And so I was looking through all the old pictures. I was putting together the photo album, and I started, like, scratching people's faces out of the pictures. Mm. I was like, and so there's still, like, pictures where I'm like, that's Quatisha Bentley. (laughs) (laughs) I just used her full name. Fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) She just called you out. You know what? I'm sure she's great now. <laughs> Miss Bentley. We were children, but I could... Oh, she was so mean to me. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, so she was mean to me. So I scratched her out of the pictures. There you go. And so I get the the emotion of ripping up that picture. I didn't rip mine up because I was cute in my picture. But if it was just a picture of Quatisha, I probably just burned it. <laughs> <laughs> You're escalating just like Teresa. <laughs> Whatever. Teresa's my hero right Scratching now. Scratching it so. out, ripping it up, burning it. That's, a, that's actually a compliment to me. It, anyway. <laughs> You're really acting like Teresa. Thank you. You're welcome. There's something about Teresa. There, oh, it's such a good line. <laughs> There's something about Teresa. Oh, goodness. So oh, we are at the police, police department. Station, and she just ripped up the picture. She says, get out of my life. Right. Luis is like, Fine by me, and let's run to the cell. She comes out, she sees Ethan, she's like, oh, thank God, let's go home. And She just wants to love her cousin, her nephew. Yeah, Yeah, they have some weird interactions. Yeah, she loves Ethan in an inappropriate way. Yeah. I think, personally. But whatever. Yeah. As long as they don't act on it. Right. Uh, So, yeah, so Frank Lomax is at the station. He's the private investigator. He's the Pinkerton. <laughs> I don't know why. I just why did that. Why a Pinkerton? The Pinkertons. I know what the yeah. Pinkertons are. I don't know why I just thought of that. Anyway, so he's asking around to see if anybody can identify the sketch. And he asks a cop who's like, I'm new. I don't know anybody or anything. Go ask that guy. He's been around forever. So right. he goes up to Luis and is like, oh, hey, I want to show you this sketch uh, because I'm trying to locate this girl. It, it's for Ethan Crane. And 
<laughs> Luis is like, I refuse to help Ethan Crane. I'm not going to look at that sketch. I'm not going to do it. The Cranes can make your life miserable, <laughs> says Frank. They own this town. And then Luis says, well, they don't own me. And yeah. then he kicks him out. He's, he's like, like, get out of my police department. Get out. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's not even his department. Sam's no. the chief. Sam's the chief. I Well. So that's basically it that I have. I don't know. Yeah, that's Anything basically else? it that happens at the police department. I'm trying to think, but I don't think there's anything else that happens there. Let's go to... The bus station. The bus station. Let's go to the bus station. The bus department. Moving to Harmony's bus depot. <laughs> I love, we're just taking a little tour around Harmony. Yeah. Hitting all the landmarks. Yeah. At the bus station, remember these kids, Miguel, Kay, Simone, and Reese, Reese Durkey, Harmony's turkey, are all <laughs> looking for charity. And charity is at the bus station reading a newspaper. Okay. And look, this was flimsy at best, in my opinion, because I, like in the last episode, I said, why is she just hanging out at the bus station? Mm. She's there and she, so, but she says out loud, so for our benefit, well, Miguel won the Harmony Hunk contest. Maybe there's his, maybe his last name's in the paper. Maybe there's something in the paper. Okay. That's, I mean, it's fair. It's I think so it, fair. I think it makes sense. As, as far as things in this show make sense, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. You know, and honestly, like, if you go to a little town, you're asking around, and you're like, you know, how can I figure... I at least need to know this person's name. All mm-hmm. I know is his name is Miguel, and that has gotten me as far as the, the custodian. So let's see <laughs> if I can do a little detecting here. So it makes sense. Look through the newspaper. Maybe I can find something. Yeah. I don't know. It works S- for me. So she's holding the newspaper, a giant newspaper, up in front of her face, and Miguel and Reese walk right past her. <sighs> then she decides, oh, let me, I need to call mom to make sure she doesn't worry. I, I want to get back before she gets home. But at this rate, I don't think I will mm. get back before she gets home. Right. Because Faith had left and then Charity left. Right. <laughs> she kind of snuck out. So she goes to the payphone and she calls and she says, hey, mom, it's me, Charity. And she leaves a message. Well, who overhears? Her saying, it's me, Charity. I believe it would be Kay and Simone. Kay and Simone, (laughs) over here. The gruesome twosome. And she says, oh my God, it's her. I can't believe she's here. So they find Charity first. Of Mm -hmm. course they find Charity first. Right. Of course they do. Of course they do. And Kay tells Simone, she's like, we are going to do everything in our power to ensure that Charity and Miguel do not meet face to face. Because Miguel... Is mine. Is hers, and according Simone, to her. And Simone is like, that's not how this works, but okay. okay. Simone just goes along with everything. Yeah. But it, I, she's kind of a ride or die, honestly. She really, because she knows it's wrong and she doesn't really agree, but she's like, I'll do it for you, Kay. I feel like she's just under coercive control of her abuser, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> Kay's awful, and Simone is just like, tell me again why I'm sleeping over. Tell me again why we're going after Miguel. Tell me again why we're here at the Lobster Shack. Like, she just is along for the ride, doesn't really understand why, doesn't really want to be there, but can't seem to stop. I mean, yeah. she's, she, she, she's addicted to the drama. Ugh. So Kay says to Simone, when she gets off the phone, she's going to have to turn around and she's going to bump into us. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so Charity gets off the phone, and Kay bumps right into Charity. Mm-hmm. And Charity, <laughs> Charity, this was Charity's fault. Charity says, oh, oh yeah, this- you girls, do you live here in Harmony? And they're like, yeah. And she says, well, maybe you can help me. I'm looking for a boy. And then she gives, like, the description of the boy. She says, he's very good looking. And it's not a very good description. Do you remember? She says, he's very good looking. And all I remember is that she doesn't say say his his name. name. She never asks, do you know a boy named Miguel? Right. She says... Do you know anyone like that? A boy, any any boy that looks like that? Do you know a and handsome the boy? And That's the, description, the question. Yeah. Do you know a handsome boy with brown hair? Yeah, the description was not even a good description, right? It was just yeah. a boy that I met who's very handsome and nothing. It was a nothing burger. Who doesn't know a handsome boy with brown hair? Who doesn't know that person? You know I, I, what I'm... Like, what a ridiculous question to pose. Seriously. Do you know a handsome boy with brown hair? Yeah, I know a few of them. <laughs> so she doesn't say Miguel, even though she asked, like, the ticket attendant, I'm looking for a boy named Miguel. That's the clo- That's the biggest clue you have, is yeah. his name. Anyway, she doesn't say that. So Kay sees her opening there. I, although, I feel like even if Charity did say, I'm looking for a boy named Miguel, Kay still would not have... Oh, Kay would yeah. have... No, nah, Kay still would not have helped out. She would have tried to send her on a wild goose chase. I am convinced of it. But this does kind of give Kay a little bit of an out. A leg to stand on mm-hmm. later on. So Kay tells Charity, oh, um, you should check out the baseball field because there's a big game today. And if I was looking for a boy, that's where I would go. <laughs> Knowing that they're not going to the baseball game today, right? Right. She, that she assumes that's like the one place that Miguel won't be. Well, Charity says, oh, thank you. Thanks so much. They give her directions to the baseball field and everything. She leaves. Miguel immediately comes over, which, how did he miss them talking to a blonde? Right. When he's walking towards them in a in, in a, a bus, bus station. station. Maybe he was distracted by how handsome his friend Reese is. Oh. Reese he Durkee. got lost in his four eyes. Reese Durkee ain't no turkey. <laughs> Reese Durkee ain't no turkey. So, Miguel comes over and says, hey, Kay, the girl's not here. There's no sign of her anywhere. We've asked everyone. Nobody has seen a girl matching the description, which I wonder if he's given the same sort of description that this girl gave. You know what I mean? Mm. Is, she, is he giving, like, she has sparkly blonde hair? You know? Like, I don't know. I wonder. So he says, so Reese and I are going to head over to the baseball field. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, can catch, we can get in for the last few innings of the, we still got time to play the last few innings of the game. And Kay's like, oh, no, no. Well, we haven't even had lunch yet. So let's go back to my house, have some lunch, and we can come up with a plan. And she also is like, and then we can come back here because there's more buses coming in and yeah. you, you have no clue she might be on any of these buses. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning also that she invites Simone and Miguel to come back to her place for lunch, but she excludes Reese. Yeah. So it's like you're with... Three other people, you can't exclude one of them. That's just me. And Miguel's so dense. He's like, and Reese can come too, right, Kay? Right. (sighs) I don't know. He's being a good friend by, like, trying to help his buddy out. But how can he not see that Kay's being mean? I don't know. And then Simone makes a comment about how she thinks Reese looks cute in Miguel's clothes. 
Because she's got a little thing for Reese. So Maybe. Je- so Jessica shows up. Because remember, she had to go work at their mom's shop. Right. But she's like in a hurry to get to the bus bus station to help Miguel find Charity just to stick it to Kay. Right. And in her hurry, she bumps into Charity, who is on her way to the baseball field. <laughs> and... When they bump into each other, they don't really speak. They just say, oh, hey, sorry, I'm in a hurry, and I didn't mean to bump into you. Mm -hmm. Well, Charity notices something on the ground and picks it up, and it's something that Jessica has dropped. So she picks it up, and she's like, oh, that girl. And she follows Jessica back to the bus station. Yes. She follows Jessica back to the bus station, and she gives her the thing, says, oh, you dropped this. Jessica says, oh, thank you. And... Jessica realizes that this girl, based on just, like, Charity says something, I'm looking for a boy, and Jessica realizes, oh, my God, I can't believe my luck. (laughs) She's like, your name wouldn't by any chance be Charity. And the boy you're looking for? Is that Miguel? (laughs) And Charity's like, oh, my gosh, you did it. You solved the mystery. And she walks (laughs) right out of that bus station. Because when she gets to the bus station, Kay says to Jessica, you're too late. Right. Right? She says, you're too late. You can't. There's no way you can screw this up now. Like a villain at the end of a movie. (laughs) When the hero walks in to save the day. And then Charity comes in, sees Jessica, and then Jessica walks her right to Miguel. And they finally see each other They finally meet. It was actually really cool to finally see the kids do something. Yeah, something interesting. Yeah, it was cute. It was a cute little meeting. It was so cool. Yeah. And Charity is immediately like, well, I just came to say goodbye. And they're all like, goodbye? And she's like, yeah, we have to move. We're leaving. And Kay's like, oh, so sad. So sad. Yeah, Kay was like, oh, that's terrible. Let's go. Like, she <laughs> does not give a shit. She's just excited that Charity has... She's not excited that Charity has come, but she's excited to see Charity go. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the kids are like, you know, you're here now. Why don't make some memories? Miguel can show you around Harmony. You can have a nice time. And Charity's like, yeah, sure, why not? And then then Kay is like, no! And she yells to the point that, like, Reese jumps. Yeah. (laughs) He was very startled. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's kind of the end of the kids. Mm -hmm. You know Kay's scheming at this point. Oh, for sure. We don't know what her little plan's going to be. Well, at this point, she still thinks that Charity's going to be moving away. But you and I obviously know that Charity ain't going anywhere. No, she's here to stay. Yeah. Should we go then to Tabitha's house? Yeah, let's go talk about that very quickly. Sure. I would just like to comment on Tabitha's look in the recent episodes, and especially this one. It's crazy. Her, she's wearing all leopard, very baggy, wide clothing, and then she's got like a head scarf kind of headband thing situation. So the headband is like a a leopard 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 pattern. And she's wearing a lime green, like, house coat that's yeah. like made out of like quilt material yeah. like shiny quilt material and then her hair is obviously like it looks like she slept in curlers mm. you know it's got like that really tight ringlet and it's just like poodly she just yeah. looks like a weird poodle wearing a, a leopard no. I don't know it's not good and the content of the scene was worse than her look 
Well, she's Tabitha's evil. She is evil. Her <laughs> evil is so evil. Her evil is becoming less fun and and more mean spirited. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not. It's because it's it. directed. If it was solely directed at the other people in Harmony, I would be like okay with it. But it's directed at Timmy. I, I know, poor Timmy. She's taking all everything out on Timmy. So. Tabitha and Timmy are having a conversation about charity and why she's she's so powerful and how she can destroy them. Just yada, yada, yada. Recap, recap, recap. Mm-hmm. They, and then they show a flashback of her when she came into the fortune teller's tent and the way that the things in the tent kind of reacted to just her being there. Mm-hmm. And so they flat, come out of that flashback and Timmy's like, yeah, we I guess maybe we do need to get rid of her. Because Timmy was saying, Tabitha, that girl's so pretty. Are you sure she... This can hurt us, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so Tabitha reminds him, look, this is how powerful she is, and she hasn't even come into her full power, right? Right. Well, then they're talking to the spirit board again, trying to figure out where Charity is. The spirit board is not cooperating. And Tabitha gets frustrated and leaves. Yeah, I'm not sure why she left. I'm not sure if she... Maybe she was tending to something in another room, but yeah. Timmy puts on his... Uh, Walkman headphones. His Walkman headphones. He starts dancing around and singing, Timmy's the boss. Timmy's the boss. Timmy's the boss. Timmy's the boss man. Timmy's the boss. Timmy, yeah, Timmy boss man. He's the boss man. Timmy? And he's knock- he knocked over some pots by accident. Yep. He knocked over some things. He's just being a little clumsy, right? And then he knocks over... The, the spirit, spirit board. board. Tabitha comes in and she's not happy about he it. He knocks it over just because just as the spirit board starts to like react, yeah, and he's about to tell her where Charity is, mm-hmm. and Tabitha gets pissed. Right, she sure does. She starts threatening Timmy with every appliance she can think of, basically, because he's like, "Please don't put me in the dryer again." She's like, "Oh, you're not going in the dryer. You're going in the washer." So she puts him in the washing machine, and then he escapes the washing machine. And he's covered and, in suds, and, and he's soaking wet, and, and he's she, all sad. And she puts him in the microwave for ten minutes to dry, which would burn down your house. It's ridiculous. And of course, they have another little PSA. Like this little circle expands open in the corner. What Tabitha did is very naughty. Don't try this at home. Yeah. It's just, ugh. which I mean, I understand they have to do that because if any kids were watching, then yeah. they might want to do something no. like that and that is super dangerous. So yeah. I understand the nature of the PSA, but what I don't understand is why they're doing it at all because it's not funny. It's not funny and also, you already did it. Right. We did this already. Right. Uh, you know, it, the first time it was like unsettling, but it was a gag and I was like, okay, fine. Right. The second time it's like, what the fuck is going on with this show? And we're just going to keep doing it because he comes out of the microwave and Tabitha's like, you know what's next for you? The blender. And it's like, this isn't, <laughs> oh like, this isn't funny. Yeah. So anyway, Tabitha fin- finally gets her spirit board together. And it spells out B-U-S. And she's like, B-B-S? B-Bus. Boos. Bus station. <laughs> Charity's at the bus station. Right. So they're headed to the bus station, I guess. Well, and- she says something. She's like, we have to get, we have to finish Charity now. Before she becomes a woman, because her powers are not strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. But then they say, oh, we have to finish her now before she becomes a woman and her powers get stronger, or before she meets a man and falls in love, because then she'll basically be unstoppable, because she'll be so strong. Well, she said, no, what she said was, we have to finish her off before she falls in love and becomes a woman and and comes into her full power. I think it's just a diplomatic way of saying before she becomes, before she's not a virgin anymore. Right. Honestly. Right. I just don't under... I don't know. They they keep saying it 
differently. I agree. I think that's what they are trying to get at, but they keep saying it differently in ways that kind of contradict each other yeah. to me. Because I don't know, whatever. I don't. I don't want to get another soapbox about this because it doesn't really matter. Anyway, they're off to the bus station. They're off to the bus station. And we're but off they're to leaving the... the bus station. Right. But we're off to the Crane Mansion. The Crane Mansion, my favorite place in Harmony. This place is hopping today. Yeah. The Crane Mansion has a lot ju- going on. This joint is jumping. Let's do it. Let's do it. So back at the Crane Mansion, Pilar is talking to Teresa. Right mm-hmm. in the last episode. Pilar walked in on Teresa in Ivy's bedroom in her disguise (laughs) and didn't know who she was. And then Teresa says, Mama, it's me. And so in this episode, we're continuing that scene where Pilar goes, Teresa, you've taken this too far. You're playing a a very dangerous game is Mm. what she says to her, which is so true. And she's also, she says, what if Luis finds out? Mm. I'm so worried about Luis... Think about the shame that it'll bring him to have to come and arrest you in the Crane Mansion. You know? So they're having this conversation. And Ivy walks in to give Teresa some more work and hands Mm -hmm. her a a piece of paper and says, Read this over. Make any necessary changes you would like. And then send it out. Yeah. Type it up and send it off. (laughs) Yeah. And then she leaves after saying, you know, how much she loves Teresa to Pilar. And Pilar's like, oh, great. (laughs) And I think she does make mention of the stalker. So Ivy comes in, gives a little work, interrupts their little mother-daughter talk, and then she leaves really quickly. Pilar leaves again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's kind of in and out a lot in, yeah. this, in the house this time. And then Ivy comes back after Pilar's gone. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Ivy's talking about how she has this event she has to go to. She's not sure what to wear. Teresa starts helping her put together like a little outfit. She's like, you know... You could do this and this and this, and you're going to look so hip for a 30-something. And Ivy's like, oh, my gosh, a 30-something. Yeah. <laughs> Me? She's like, oh, I like you more and more every day, Teresa. And Teresa gets really excited because she's being praised by someone who she really respects. And she's doing something that she really enjoys. And she's being told that she's good at it. And so she goes, she starts to believe it herself. She is kind of just building up that confidence of, I can do this. I, this is what I should be doing. Thank goodness I trusted my instincts. And I'm glad I took this job. I did the right thing. Well, Teresa is really smart and good at her job, you know? She She is. She just shouldn't have taken the job at the Crane Mansion. She should not have taken this job, you know, with everything that's been going on with her. But but she is good. You know, it is a great job for her. For her, yeah. You know. Anyway, so we follow Pilar because she has kind of left the room and is walking through the house to whatever she's supposed to do. And she runs into Sheridan and Ethan, who have come back from the police department. And Sheridan, they say, they catch up because Sheridan is, hasn't seen Pilar in at least two years, right? Because she's been in Paris mm-hmm. for two years. And she just kind of says to Ethan, you know, Pilar is great. And Ivy loves her daughter, Teresa. I know you haven't met her yet, but she's probably going to be great, too. So what the what's going on with Luis? How did he turn out so bad when everybody else in the family seems so wonderful? Well, he just she can't stop talking about him. Yeah, she loves him, and she's so wrong about my man Luis. <laughs> he turned out he's the best of them all. Latara Lopez Fitzgerald Lee. Yeah. No, I never change my name. That's that's like a thing. I'm always going to be Latara Lee. Latara Lee. I mean, it's a great name. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever change it? An alliterative name like yeah. that. I love my name. And yeah. it's so easy when I go to order food and stuff, I just say Lee, L-E-E. It's so easy. I have a hard time when I order food because my last name is Reaper and everyone wants to make it something that it isn't. Roper. Roper. 
they want to spell it differently. No, it's just like you're reaping a harvest. You're, you reap what you sow. I mean, you reap what you sow. It's a word <laughs> in our language. I, it, I don't know. Grim Reaper. How um, many times have you heard me say Reaper like Grim Reaper? A lot. All the time. And people still can't spell it right. Uh, or hear it right. I don't know. Well, I'm people also just can't spell. That's, that's another, true. That's a whole nother That's thing. a whole nother thing. So anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, we continue through the mansion. Yeah. And then Ivy runs into Pilar. Ivy is on the phone talking to, like, the country club people and says, that'll be great, I'll be there, um, I- I'm looking forward to working with your organization and this mm-hmm. and that about some kind of fundraiser, right? Mm-hmm. And she gets off the phone and Pilar says, oh, that sounds very nice, will Sheridan be going with you? And Ivy's like, Sheridan? <laughs> like, she forgot about Sheridan somehow. <laughs> she says, yeah, Sheridan's here, did you not see her? Did you not know she was here? She's like, no, I didn't know she was here. And she- then she goes... How is she? Yeah. And Pilar is like, well, she avoided coming in the main entrance. And so then Ivy is concerned. She's like, ah, so she's still avoiding that room. Yeah, she says, has she been in that room yet? Mm-hmm. They keep talking about that room. Right. That room. They say it a bunch. Yeah. And then we finally find out that it's the living room that yeah. she can't go into. Which is why Sheridan avoided that the front entrance because the foyer rope uh, opens right into the living room. So she's she's not talking about it. She's not going in that entrance. She's avoiding it at, at all costs, which Ivy is kind of okay about because she says if anyone finds out about that night in Sheridan, it would be a disaster for us all. So she wants Sheridan to stay away. She doesn't want her to talk. She doesn't want anybody to talk. She doesn't want Pilar to talk. Like, there is something big yeah. going and, on. And you know what? I misspoke. They kept talking about that night, not this that room. Because mm-hmm. they were in the room they were talking about. Right. She said, she said, has she come into this room yet? And then they kept talking about that night, right. that night, that night. And Pilar says, well, and I would never tell anyone about that night and mm-hmm. don't you worry and she's like well I know you would Ivy's like I know you would never say anything we don't know what happened that night but something horrible happened we see that flashback again yeah of Sheridan as a little girl with blood on her hands right. in the living room we don't know what happened that night but I think it's Ivy and Julian's wedding night yeah because Ivy and Julian were fighting a few episodes ago and said something about how he didn't want her even on their wedding night. And I think he said something, well... Ever since that night. Ever since that night. So, I don't know. I mean, I I agree I'm getting the same vibe, but I can't put my thumb on exactly why. Yeah. So, Pilar and Ivy have that conversation about that night. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to Sheridan and Ethan, who are upstairs looking for Ivy. Mm-hmm. Ethan's like, let's go see if mom, if mother's in her room. <laughs> so they knock on the door, mother, mother, and no, there's no answer. We know who's in Ivy's room. Teresa, Teresa. Lopez Fitzgerald is in Ivy's room in, in her, her disguise. disguise. So Ethan just goes in and sees Teresa sitting there, but her back's to the door, and he says, "Oh, you must be Pilar's daughter, Teresa, right?" <laughs> and Teresa's like frozen in terror. She doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Right? She's like, this is the moment of truth. Is this disguise really going to fool Ethan? Yeah. Right? Oh. And she she really is like deer in the headlights. She was working on that letter. She was editing that letter that Ivy wanted her to take a look at. Yeah. She was kind of like nibbling on a pen. So she had like some ink on her face. And she was lost in deep concentration and thought. And Ethan comes in and is like, I'm Ethan Crane. And she just freezes. She freezes. (laughs) Freezes. And so she kind of gets up to kind of talk to them. 
but fumbles over because she's nervous, you know, mm. and knocks a lot of papers and things on the floor from the desk. Ethan kneels down to help her. And he does not recognize her. He kind of is really close to her face. Well, he goes, oh, my God. Well, yeah. And then they cut away. So we're like, oh, my God, what's he going to say? And then they, when they come back to it, he goes, you've got ink all over your lip. <laughs> like, that was the reaction. The, oh, my God, well, you've, you've well, got ink well, all over your lip. Well, when they kneel down, he, do, he doesn't say. That's not when he says, oh, my God. They kneel down. He does the papers. She stands up. She moves away. Pilar comes in. And that's when he says, oh, my God. Because she stands up and talks to Sheridan and Ethan and Sheridan leaves. And yeah. then it's just... I have that next. Ethan and... Yeah. She, and what's her name? Teresa. Yeah. Then Pilar comes in. Right. And that's when he's like, oh my God. Well, that's when he says there's something about Teresa. There's something about Teresa. Yeah. There's something about Such a Teresa. good line. Pilar there's comes something in. something about Teresa. <laughs> and then we find out that he really does not recognize her. We think he does. They right. set it up to make us think, oh my God, he recognizes her. But he doesn't. He says, I thought your face looked so familiar, and it's obviously because you look just like your mom. Ugh. I, re- I really, I, I don't know if no, I... No, this wasn't the moment. I don't know if I like it better that the disguise worked, or if I wanted him to discover her identity. Mm-mm. I'm not sure. Girl, we have so much to do with that stupid sketch. We have so many places <laughs> to go with this, that this was not the moment. This is not the way that Ethan finds out that Teresa is Teresa. Right, no, like I, yeah. th- this is is going to be a big, big, beautiful, explosive moment. He's gonna like fall in love with her in her disguise before she can like tell him the truth about who she is. Oh, you think so? Yeah, he's oh. gonna like start to get to know her and, and kind of fall in love, love with her with personality person. oh. and who she is inside. And then when her true identity is revealed, that I don't know. I'm putting it out oh. there. That's kind of how I think this is gonna go. Yeah, I because think- there's his. His defenses are up so high around the stalker incident, there's no way that he could see past that right now. Yeah. You know, if it came to light who she is right now, he wouldn't be able to get over it, I don't yeah. think. Well, he then starts to ask her about his stalker. Right. He says, you're a local girl, and I think this girl's a local girl, too. Um, And she looks like this. She has brown hair, really pretty eyes. Right. <laughs> I remember that because I was like, Teresa's going to take that and run with it. I wrote it down because I was like, yeah, Teresa's going to live on she's, that for weeks. <laughs> she's pretty eyes, pretty brown eyes. Pretty brown eyes. And my Aunt Sheridan thinks that she lo- has a crush on me, and that's why she's stalking me, but I don't think so. I think she's dangerous. Yeah, and, sh- and Teresa says, well, your mother told me about this, and I told her that it sounds like maybe it's just a bunch of accidents. Maybe it was mm. mistakes. Mm. And he says, I don't think so, five times. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she says she can't help him. Oh, wait, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She says the opposite of yeah, that. she says, um... She says, I think I know how you can find her. Ah. That's what she says. Ooh. And that's when I was like, what is Teresa up to? And Pilar's, <laughs> like, inner monologue that they let us hear was like, what is she doing? Teresa, what are you doing? Yeah, her voiceover was amazing. She's like, you're pushing it too far. Yeah. Quite right. dramatic. So the next part we need to talk about, the last thing we want to talk about is the conversation between Ivy and Sheridan, right? Right. So Sheridan has decided she wants to take a walk, get some fresh air, kind of clear her head a little bit. She's been traveling. She was in Paris. She got engaged. She found out the guy she was engaged to was cheating on her. She drove off. She got on an airplane. She spent the night in jail. So she needs some fresh air and she needs a shower. So on her way out, she runs into Ivy 
and they have a little moment. And Sheridan mentions to Ivy that she won't be staying in the house. She's actually going to stay in the cottage. Mm -hmm. And Ivy says, oh, I think I think that's a good idea. I think it's better if you're not in the, in the house. And have you been in that room, by the way? Have you been in the living room? And Sheridan says no. And they again allude to whatever that incident was. I don't I didn't write down any specific quotes or anything. Did mm -hmm. you? Nope. Okay. So then Ivy basically leaves Sheridan to it, and Sheridan tries to be brave and starts to step towards the living room, but she can't bring herself to do it. We get another flashback where it's her. She's kind of looking at her bloody hands as a child. She's in the living room. There's a picture hanging behind her. It looks like a stormy sea, I think. <laughs> it's like the, the tumult inside of her. I can't wait to find out what this is. Oh, it's going to be good, whatever it is. I can't wait to find out what this is. And you know it. What whatever it is, it wasn't her fault. No, of course You know, not. whatever it was, it wasn't actually her fault. No, nothing that happens to Sheridan she is just, Sheridan's fault. She just thinks it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, she has I like twisted. this really isn't her fault, No, though. Sheridan has things twisted where things that are not her fault, she thinks are, and then things that she absolutely 100% should be taking the blame for, she refuses to. Yeah. So, anyway. So, she tries to go in the living room, has a flashback, and that's it. That's that. All right, that's that's it for the, that's it. The yeah. first half of this episode. Enjoy the ad. All right, we are back. Are we ever? We're back with episode twenty nine. Right? No, almost so close 30. to thirty. Almost there. Almost there. Woohoo! Um, yeah, this episode was. It was a good episode. A lot happened. Mm -hmm. It was hard to follow, mm -hmm. and some of it. At, at some points, I was like, "This is so convoluted." Like, I don't even know how to take notes on it. Yeah, I tried, and I tried to do everything chronologically by location because I feel like that's helpful. But there, it was tr tricky. This was tough. It was messy, and I feel like. A lot of shit's gonna get left out, and I'm okay with that. All right. Like, I'm just... This episode... Oof, it was good, though. It was good. There were multiple moments where I was like, wow, yeah. okay. Things are happening. These things is happening in harmony. So, it opens up at the bus station, where Timmy is waiting in his little tricycle chair. Yeah. Like, on his chair, strapped to t Tabitha's <laughs> tricycle. <laughs> And a kid comes up and pokes him because he's in dummy form, right? He's like mm -hmm. doll. And he's like, oh, what a cool dummy. What a cool doll poking him. <laughs> and Timmy wakes up, opens his eyes and says, you better beat it, kid, before Timmy turns you into a frog. <laughs> it, was, it was silly and stupid, but it was a cute way to open the episode. It was a cute way to open the episode. He's waiting on Tabitha. Tabitha comes out and says, she's not here, but the bus guy said that someone matching her description, left with a bunch of kids. Where would they have gone? And she decides, surely they went to the park, which is a big teenage meeting spot Yeah, she's, in the summertime. She's like, I remember Grace Bennett told me that there was a big teenage hang at the Lighthouse Park, especially in the summer. Yep. Lighthouse <laughs> Park. Lighthouse so Park. So they go to Lighthouse Park. And mm -hmm. you know what? That is exactly where the kids are. Yeah. They went to Lighthouse Park. Miguel is giving Charity a little tour of Harmony, and this is their first stop on the tour. Yeah, that's right. And guess who else is at the park? Simone and Kay. Because anywhere Miguel goes, Kay follows, and Simone tags along. Yep. So How desperate do you have to be to stalk somebody on their date? 
She's yeah, following well, them around. I don't think they were like on a date though. And I, to me, it, I thought they all kind of decided to go together to the park. Oh, okay. And as a group. Okay, that makes more sense. Show Charity around and Miguel is kind of her guide and it's understood that they're kind of together. But, mm-hmm. you know, group date kind of okay. thing. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Man. But yeah, she, I mean, she's still desperate and pathetic. <laughs> Kay's still a predator. Kay's so nasty. So they're they're at the park walking around. This became a little confusing to me. So Miguel and Charity are talking, and I did not take many notes about this conversation. The notes I took are: they talk about finding her mom's twin. Mm -hmm. They then go to the Bennett home for lunch. (laughs) Okay, I didn't talk about it. So you got to fill fill these people in on this conversation. So before we do that, we're going to go back to Simone and Kay. So Jessica walks up to them and Kay starts an argument with her because she's mad about her her sister Jessica introducing Charity to Miguel. Oh, yeah. And then... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. My notes on Kay and Jessica, literally, the only things I wrote, these sisters are still arguing. They are annoying. You're not the only person who thinks that because Grace shows up. She's hanging up flyers and she sees her daughters arguing and she's like, I'm so fucking tired of this shit. And she walks up to them and is like, you know what, girls? You got to do better. Just try to get along. Why are you always fighting oh yeah i remember that because she says i wish i knew you know yeah i wish i had a sister yeah you don't know how lucky you are like i wish i had a sister and so that's happening in the background while miguel and charity are talking about grace's sister faith who is charity's mother and charity says well if my mom finds her twin then maybe she feels safe and we won't have to move and then maybe i can be at harmony in harmony with you and miguel's like that'd be great we can go to school together. <laughs> and you I can mean, be friends with Kay. You can be friends with Kay. She's, <laughs> she's great. He says she's great. <laughs> she's the best. And Charity's like, that'd be great. I've never had friends before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then Miguel is like, you know what? Kay's mom actually knows everybody in town. So you should come with me and we'll go over there and you can meet her mom and talk to her and see if she knows anybody who fits your mother's description. It's too bad you don't have a photo. We could hang that up. And, like, make, like, a missing persons flyer. But, like, you know, this is, like, the second best thing we can do, right? Mm. And Charity says, yeah, that's a really good idea. I'm going to go grab a sip of water, um, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll go over to the Bennett house. So she leaves to go grab some water. Miguel turns around, realizes that Grace is right there, and says, oh, my gosh, my friend is, in, is here, and I actually want you to talk to her. This is kind of perfect. And he turns around, but Charity has left because she's thirsty, so she went to get water. So ridiculous. So anyway, Grace is like, you know what? I would love to, but I'm in a rush. I've got to run some errands. So how about you do what you're doing? I'll do what I'm doing. And then we'll meet back at the house later. And you can introduce me when we both have a little more time. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happens at the park. I feel like you did a really good job of explaining that because I... That was great. Thank that you. That was a great little synopsis because, honestly, I didn't have the brain power to put it all together. <laughs> it it happened so choppy. Yeah. And the, and the conversations they were having were so aggravating. Like, Grace is standing right there and these two are talking about this girl's mom who is Grace's twin. And it's like, if they just turn around... If they turn around. Just... <laughs> that's like, I, that's what I want for everybody in this episode. Like, it's like, just turn just around. Just turn around. Just turn around. Every night I turn around. <laughs> Charity. Yeah. Every now and then I fall apart. Okay. 
So, oh God, yeah. So, thank you. That's I I agree. I think it's I think it's frustrating, but I also think that I get a little bit less irritated by that kind of that type of shenanigan than you do. I know that you really really dislike that. I was, I was just like, oh, again. I, yeah, I hate it. I just hate it so much because it's so stupid and so simple. And it's like, one time is fine. Two times, okay. 17 times? Mm-hmm. We're going to miss each other 17 times mm-hmm. in the span of four days? I understand that they're trying to stretch it out to make it interesting, but I feel like it's doing the opposite to me, where it's making me care less mm-hmm. instead of more. Mm-hmm. I'm irritated. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I am. I'm irritated. So it's irritating. All of that happens at the park. So also, so Tabitha, remember, is like the kids are at the park. We need to find charity. Mm-hmm. So they go to the park. <laughs> they go to the park. They're looking for charity. They see a woman who they think is charity, a blonde. And she tells Timmy, get her. And Timmy (laughs) runs over and, I mean, attacks, charges this woman, this doll, charging this woman in the broad daylight in a park. And he's on her leg, like grabbed onto her leg. And she's like flailing and kicking him and throwing him. And she's (laughs) he's taking a beating. WWE. That's exactly what I would do if a doll attacked me. Oh, yeah. I would have kicked that thing. Like she, a football. She was kicking his ass. <laughs> and then cha- uh, and then Tabitha realizes, oh, that's not charity, and yeah. comes over. And the lady is like, oh my gosh, I'm beating up a doll. <laughs> so I, I didn't even write it down. Like, I forgot that that even happened. I don't know how you forgot, because the shit was crazy. <laughs> oh my God, I'm beating up a doll. And then Tabitha makes up this ridiculous excuse. Oh my goodness. Because the lady's like, this thing came out of nowhere. Like, I thought I was being attacked. And, and Tabitha's like, oh, dear. I stopped short on my bike, and he flew right off and hit you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's my fault, dear. Yeah. It was so flimsy, and the lady, like, accepted it. Like, bitch, no, Chucky yeah. just attacked you. <laughs> I did. Oh. I did not misunderstand that. No, you did not misunderstand that mm-hmm. lady. Mm-hmm. She, uh, yeah, she got attacked by Timmy. Yeah, so that happens at the park. Rabid Timmy. So now let's move away from the park. Yeah, let's move to a new another location. All right. The Crane Mansion. Let's do it. I love the Crane Mansion. I love the Crane Mansion. And remember when we last left the Crane Mansion, Ethan was talking to Teresa about finding his stalker, and she was like, "You know what? I might be able to help you there." In fact, I don't think it's a local girl at all. I actually think that you're looking in the wrong place. And Ethan's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And Teresa's like, yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. You know, she was working in Harmony, but she probably lives somewhere else. And she's coming in from a different town. You know, easy. Yep. So she's trying to throw Ethan off her scent there, right? And Ethan (laughs) kind of goes with it. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, you know, maybe so. And he says to Pilar, your daughter's got a good head on her shoulders. Yeah. (laughs) Pilar. (laughs) She's probably just dying inside. She's just like like standing there hoping that it'll end. Okay. Oh, God. But Ethan, before he and Pilar leave the room, he takes up his handkerchief and he's like, oh, you still have some ink on your lip. Yeah. He essentially wipes the ink away from her mouth, even though he doesn't get it all. Yeah. There's still ink left on her mouth. It was very seductive. It was, it was, okay. It was <laughs> sleazy, if you ask me, because he's an adult. Yes. And she is a child. We haven't actually talked about this yet. Between these two 
particular characters. Teresa is in, in high, high school. school. I'm not sure if she's a junior or a senior. I'm pretty sure she's a senior. Okay. I'm almost 100% so sure she's 17, a senior. 17, 18. And Ethan has finished his degree. He's finished law, law school, school. And he's a practicing attorney. So he's too he's, old. He's at least in his mid-20s. He's too old to be behaving like this toward any child. It is inappropriate. Yeah. Well, yeah. <sighs> it may, I get I get Teresa having a crush on him. I had plenty of... As a teenage girl, I had plenty of crushes on full-grown 20-year-old men. Right. 25-year-old men. That's fine. Whatever. From a distance. But he should not be engaging. That's, nope. pedof- that's being a pedophile. Yeah. So, I mean, he, yeah. He's not enga- really engaging yet, but he, I mean that. Well, he's flirting with a line. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? He's, he's close he, to the line. He took his he took his toe right all the way up to it. That yeah. was that was a bit much. So he wipes her mouth, and then he leaves. Pilar leaves. Or do they have a conversation? Does Teresa and Pilar do they talk? No, because I didn't. I didn't write that down. But. No, um, because they both leave. Because Whitney, or excuse me, Teresa they calls both Whitney. Leave. Yeah, they both leave because Teresa picks up the phone and calls Whitney. She calls Whitney and tells her to meet her at the snack bar by the harbor That's with some right. regular clothes because she's tired of being these goofy ass clothes. Because <laughs> Teresa is like a supermodel. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's beautiful. She wants to look. She wants to look good. Yeah. You're beautiful. You're perfect. You look like Linda Evangelista. <laughs> Hope y'all get that reference. Another RuPaul reference. If you reference. don't, get with it. Anyway, so... I would just like to say I enjoyed seeing Whitney's room for once. Yeah. We finally see Whitney in her own bedroom. This poor girl hasn't been home in days. So they talk. She says meet her by the harbor with some clothes. Mm-hmm. And then we see immediately after Ethan talking to Frank, the PI on the phone Mm -hmm. and they plan to meet at the snack bar by the Harbor. That's right. (laughs) So he's headed to the snack bar by the Harbor where Teresa's headed and where Teresa's Teresa is no longer going to be in her costume. Right. She's going to be out of her disguise Mm -hmm. and into her street clothes. Mm -hmm. So as Ethan's on his way out, Sheridan's on her way in and they run into each other and Sheridan is very clearly in a in a state. So Ethan stops and he's like, "What's what's going on with you, Sheridan? Are you okay?" And she's like, "You know, I just can't stop thinking about that night. Being here in Harmony, being here back at the house, like I can't get it out of my head. I left Paris to escape memories of Jean-Luc, but now that I'm here in Harmony, I can't escape the memories of my past." Yeah. And Ethan insists, "You know, I was there. It wasn't your fault. I didn't see what happened, but you could never do something like that." Yeah, and they're giving us more and more like bits and pieces of what happened. So now we've seen her, her as a little girl with blood on her hands and also a body covered with like a yeah. sheet with blood coming through the sheet. Yeah. She's standing over the body with blood on her hands. So yeah, someone is dead, dead. Someone is dead, dead. And it happened. So Sheridan is basically the same age as Ethan. So she was young, which means Ethan was like a year or two younger. You know, they were children when this happened. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it could be. I have no clue. We don't know yet, but, but we, we also, will find out. We also have ways of like, I don't know, misremembering things, you know, especially in childhood because you don't understand Everything and all the different angles. So mm-hmm. I do feel bad that Sheridan has taken whatever this is, has taken on that guilt because it probably isn't her fault. Yeah, and even if it is, she's a child, right? So you know, it becomes really complicated. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I, 
thought that Teresa and Pilar talk because they, they do. do talk. They do. They do. <laughs> After she gets off the phone yeah. with Whitney, Teresa talks to Pilar. Yeah, because Pilar comes back into the room. And they talk about this job and what Teresa wants to do with the extra money. She wants to help the family. Pilar says, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Mm-hmm. And Teresa says, it's a start. Mm-hmm. Right? And she starts to talk about all the things that she saw in the, at the country club that morning. Mm-hmm. How these women were dressed with wearing pearls and wearing their finest dresses just to have breakfast, you know. And she wants that, too. And she yeah. wants that for her mother and she wants that for her family. And right. this job is how she's going to get it. And she says to her mom, I just got to stay out of Ethan's way, mm-hmm. basically. And her mom's still saying, if you get caught, they're going to send you to jail. Yeah, think about what that's going to do to your brother. He's going to have to come to this house and arrest his sister and take your ass to jail. Mm -hmm. What's that going to do to the family, Teresa? And Teresa just, she pushes back. She's like, you know, one day, Mama, I'm going to make you a queen. Mm -hmm. It was a really good scene, actually. I didn't take a lot of notes about it, but I I did kind of like seeing a little more depth in Teresa. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's a, there is depth there yeah. beyond a schoolgirl crush. Yeah. You know, and there's more. This job isn't, it's good to see that this job isn't actually about Ethan. Right. This job is about what she wants for herself. Yeah. And I really, I, I liked seeing that part of Teresa and kind of some, even though it's crazy, but it's sensible at the same time. The things that yeah. she's saying are sensible. And if she had not assaulted Ethan Crane five separate times, <laughs> I might be on board. Yeah. But because she has assaulted Ethan Crane five separate times, has trespassed on his property, according to him, mm. and escaped his home, mm. escaped the hounds, <laughs> and now infiltrated his home in a disguise... Oh. This is a bad idea. It looks so bad. It all looks so bad. It looks horrible. It looks so bad. But it is nice to ground her a little bit and say, you know, these are my goals. This is what I want. Ivy has told me that she can help me. She'll introduce me to the right people. Having her name on my resume and as a reference matters. I can do the things I want to do. I can make a a difference in my life, in your life, in the community. I want to do something that helps everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's nice to see that this job is more than... Ethan Crane. More than Ethan Crane. Yeah. And more than just lunacy, you know. Yeah. They have that conversation. It's pretty interesting. And then we see Sheridan downstairs. She, again, is like looking into that living room. Yeah. And then the phone rings. Yep. And she answers the phone. And it's Luis Lopez Fitzgerald telling her (laughs) that her hearing... At court is at 9 a.m. in the morning, and she says, you just called to bother me. He said, I just called you because it's my job. Click. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, the judge moved up your hearing. It's my job to let you know. The end. Goodbye. Yep. Good day to you. Yeah. Don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> See you never. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's all that happens at the Crane Mansion, That's right? all that happens at the Crane Mansion. But it's a lot. It's it is a, a lot. lot. It's yeah. great stuff. What else? We need to talk about the harbor. Yeah. Yeah, let's do the harbor, then the bin at home. Yeah. The exciting thing is that we have a new location. We're down at the harbor. We do. We have a lot of new locations. Yeah. So the first new one was Lighthouse Park. The second new one is the The, harbor. The snack bar. Where we finally see Eve and TC. We have been missing them for like... Several episodes. It's been like... Like over a week. Since the carnival. It's been a long time we haven't seen these two. Since the carnival. We haven't seen them in a good 10 
episodes. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So I'm so glad that they are back because they're so interesting. Because remember, the last time we saw these characters, both of them revealed to the audience that they have big secrets mm-hmm. that they are keeping from each other. Like life-changing secrets. Well, Eve has a secret. TC doesn't have a secret. He wants to find the person who caused his accident. Person who caused his dad's death. Right. Who, by extension. Right. Um, Does TC have a secret? I thought there was something about murder. Yeah. It because wasn't he's done that it before. He didn't do that. It's what The murder thing was the fortune teller told Whitney that your dad's going to murder someone, kill someone, if you continue with your dream of being a star athlete. Oh. And that's why in this episode... He's so it, they're showing us how intense he right, is right. about Whitney's tennis. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I, but I don't think he had a secret. I think he. I think he's like squeaky clean. Okay. And Eve's the one that's not so clean. So even TC are putting up flyers just like Grace is. Yeah. What are these flyers for? Did they say? The, I I think they did, but I don't. I didn't write it down. Yeah, they put up flyers for something. I don't know what it is, but TC and Grace seem to work closely on things for the community because they put that carnival together. So it must be something that they're yeah. they're doing together again. Yeah. So they're walking around, you know, being couples, couple goals, you know, <laughs> and they start talking about Whitney. And TC says he's talking about Whitney and how great she is and how, what a great tennis player she is and her drive. And he says, "We have one amazing kid." Yeah. And he says, we have one amazing kid. And I immediately was like, oh, what about Simone? Yeah, you have two daughters. And then Eve kind of makes the same thing, says the same thing. Well, we have two great kids. Right. We have wonderful, two wonderful kids. And he's like, yeah, no, I know. Simone's great. I just wish she had the same kind of drive that Whitney has. Mm. And But it's obvious that Whitney is his favorite. Oh, by a long shot. The reason Simone is probably never at the house is because she feels that energy coming off of her her dad. Yeah. And they actually kind of showed us a little bit of their sister dynamic in this episode, too, mm-hmm. a little bit later. But I think Whitney is kind of the perfect one. Mm, for sure. And She's Sim- a golden child. And Simone is not. For sure. Um, he pushes that idea of Whitney getting on the Olympic team and going even further than that, winning gold, and that she's going to do great things. And Eve is like, you know, the most important thing is that she's happy. I do agree she's capable of great things, but the, it's more important that she has her happiness. Right. And TC's like, oh, well, you know, m- winning the gold is what's going to make her happy. And he just, he can't let it go. Yeah, he's like, winning gold medal will make her happy. Right. She will be happy if she wins a gold medal. Yeah. I'm like, okay, TC's really a dog with a bone here yeah. about these Olympics. And I guess it's because he didn't get his shot at it. I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand it. He's kind of living vicariously, you mm-hmm. know. It's like the stage mom thing, only yeah. for sports. Yeah, it's very intense. He's, mm-hmm. ve- he's very Mama Rose. Very Mama Rose. Very mama gypsy. I had a dream, a dream about you, Whitney. (laughs) It's gonna come true, Whitney. Whitney. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, so so TC is going off about this. And then he's like, you know, you're you're successful. If I have a successful wife who is the mother of my amazing children, then surely they will also be successful because they take after you. They don't take after me. So he he kind of has this weird pity party thing for himself, but then also places a little bit of like jealousy on Eve because he's he's I didn't really, jealous of her career. And her I success. didn't really read it as jealous. I read it as he think because he says 
Well, she didn't get it from... She's amazing, but she didn't get it from me. She She's a champion. She got it from you. Well, she got it from her mother. And then he, he and then she says, well, what are you talking about, TC? You're successful, too. And he said, well, you're a doctor, and I'm just, I'm just an athletic coach at a high school. The way I read it, but maybe I was just reading it with rose-colored glasses, was that he was kind of giving her praise and downplaying himself but also I think that's really how he feels I don't Mm -hmm. think it's like a jealous thing I think that's really how he feels I think he thinks she's super successful I'm so proud of how successful she is I'm it's great that I get to be with her I wish I could be that successful but I'm not Mm. I didn't read it that way but I like I like your version better yeah well that's (laughs) the way it looked to me because I have liked them so far and I was like that seems odd but I don't know. I, I also may have been colored by the fact that Eve looked guilty because her husband is praising her and she does have a secret that she's keeping from him. And so I think him saying nice things to her makes her makes that guilt kind of exactly. rise up. She feels bad. Yeah. So I think maybe maybe I was looking at it through like her lens. She feels bad because, you know, her secret has something to do with TC's yeah, accident. Right. We don't know what it is, but her secret has something to do with that and has something to do with the reason that her his dad died. Right. You know, she... And she knows that. Yeah, and his Olympic dreams and were crushed. And she knows that she's successful. He doesn't feel that he's successful. And yeah. he is not successful in his own eyes because of that accident. Right. Yeah. She has something it's to do lot. with it. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So they're having this very kind of intense conversation Eve looks really guilty. She has a flashback to what the fortune teller told her in the Mm -hmm. tent. Mm -hmm. I know what you did all those years ago outside of town. Ooh, we don't know. Outside of town. We don't know what she did. Meanwhile, down at the harbor, Lomax, the P.I., is out asking people about... (laughs) Lomax, the P.I. Lomax, the P.I. He's out asking everybody, "Ah, do you recognize this girl? He's showing his little golem sketch. And he shows up and he sees Whitney and Simone. And I think some of the other girls are there, Kay, too. Whitney, Simone, and Kay are there. Okay. And Whitney's like, nope, never seen her. And Simone's like, oh, I think I know that girl. And Whitney's like, you do not know this girl. This private investigator who is trying to arrest someone. Yeah, and Simone <laughs> kind of goes back at her and is like, I do, but what are you What are you up to, Whitney? You know, right. and then Whitney kind of whispers, well, if you... Don't shut up. I'm going to tell mom and dad what you and Kay are up to. And then she mm. kind of perks up and says, nope, I don't know this girl. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically like that little moment. So we get to see the sisters finally interact. Yeah. They, they come together. We've seen them a little bit together, but not much. Yeah. They finally, we see their dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I don't think it's much better than Kay's and Jessica's. Yeah, I would agree. I uh, didn't see a whole lot of love between those two. Yeah. I mean, they love each other. Look, they're family, they're sisters, they love each other, but it's complicated, right? Right. So then Whitney goes to meet Teresa and give her her little bag of clothes to Mm -hmm. change into, and they go into, like, this, the big, like, public restroom, Teresa changes, and she tells Whitney what's been happening down at the Crane Mansion, and Whitney's like, you know what, Teresa? You don't sound crazy. You You are are crazy. crazy. She's Mm -hmm. still... She's a good... She's still trying to talk sense into that. Into that her one's friend. got a good head on her shoulders. She does. Ugh. So they finally... Teresa changes. She looks all cute. They leave the restroom. They go grab a bite to eat. Whitney heads home. Teresa has a little fantasy. She's like, oh, Ethan's gonna love me and blah, 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 blah. Right. So at this point, let's talk about where Whitney goes 
mm-hmm. and then come back to Teresa. Yeah, I think so. So Rit- Whitney leaves, and she goes to our third new location, yes. Eve Russell's practice. That's right. And we go to the doctor's office, and she comes in and says, my arm, my elbow is sore. My mm. elbow is hurting me. And it's like her racket arm, I guess. Yeah. And Eve says, did you tell your father? And, or does your father know about this? And she goes, I haven't told him yet. And they're both, they both give each other like this weird look. Like, Uh-oh. he's not going to be happy about this. But as Eve is checking out her elbow, TC comes in. Mm. And he's like, what's going on? Are you all right? What happened to your arm? And she says, well, my elbow's just been kind of hurting me. It's nothing, daddy. And he says, well, you haven't been warming up, have you? You need to be warming up. He tries to convince her to stop her job at the country club because it's taking up too much time. And because she says she hasn't been warming up every single time because her lessons are so early in the morning that she teaches that, you know, she doesn't always have the time to warm up. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, you got to quit that job. It's not worth your career, basically. Right. And she pleads and says, I hate having to come and ask you guys for money. I want to earn my own money. So he's, he respects that. He's like, okay, but you you got to do better. They have a moment. TC's very intense. He's very intense. He says, you know, you have a bright future ahead of you, and I will not let anything get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you can keep the job for now, but you, you know better. Mm-hmm. This is your final warning. <laughs> this is your final <laughs> warning. So, that happens. Mm-hmm. Then let's go back to Teresa. Yeah, so at the harbor, Lomax was interrogating people, seeing like, oh, do you know this girl? Do you know this girl? He meets up with Ethan, who's now made it down to the harbor, and Ethan's like, you know, I do think that this girl is close. I feel like we're on the right track, so you keep going, ask, go ask people over there, I'll head over here, we're just going to kind of scope out the situation. And Ethan comes up upon Teresa. Teresa's standing in the heart, like, with her back to where Ethan is, and he is coming down the stairs of this pier, I guess, this harbor place, and he sees her, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, he's gonna get her. He, I was, uh, I, part of me thought it's not gonna happen. That's what I thought. Because so often it doesn't happen. Right. But it definitely happened. He walks up behind her, grabs a I got you. I thought it was going to be, he comes down the stairs, her back is to him, he doesn't recognize her, so he just walks on by. Because that has happened so many times, but not this time. It was so thrilling. He grabs her around the waist and is like, I've got you. I've got you this time and we're going to the police station. Right. And she does that thing again where she's like, oh no, stop, no, You can't. You cannot. You can't do this. <laughs> and then he's got her by the wrist, right? And she, he's kind of like dragging her off. And she's like, stop, you're hurting me. My wrist, it Ow. hurts. And he's he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. And he lets go. And she takes the fuck off. She bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Teresa. Oh, I love Teresa. She runs. I love Teresa. She runs. She flees. So she's on the run and he's after her. They're on the, ch- on the chase. They're so I, we don't know. We shall see what happens. We don't know what happens there. Is there any, oh, we got now. Now we need to move to the Bennett home, the Bennett house. Yes. So Miguel and Charity have left Lighthouse Park because Grace invited them to stop by later, and so they arrive at the Bennett house with the rest of the kids. Right. And Charity is like, you know, I didn't get a hold of my mom earlier. 
she's probably worried about me. Can I use your phone to make a phone call? I need, I need to get in touch with her. Because this is 1999. You know, cell phones were not hugely popular. Readily available. It's, most kids didn't have cell phones. Certainly, yeah. Certainly not kids. And so she uses the house to live in a time without cell phones. Half of this stuff wouldn't happen if they had cell phones. No, I... You know what? A quick aside. I watch movies all the time where I'm like... Like, movies from, like, the 90s or the 80s or the 70s or the 60s. Like, you know, I like a lot of old movies. Mm-hmm. And I think... Man, a simple text message would have fixed all of the problems yeah. here. Like, all these people are missing is, like, one little communication. But they got to wait on a telegram. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is basically the same, like, at the park when Miguel's like, oh, do you have a picture of your mother? And she's like, oh, I changed my purse out and I, I didn't put the picture in. It's like, if she had had a cell phone. She's like, yeah, this is my mom right here. This is my Instagram. This is my Facebook. This is my Google Photos album. You know what I mean? Like, it would easily. Yeah, oh, yeah, my mom's on my lock screen. Here she yeah. is. You ever seen a woman that looks like her? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know? So, anyway, a lot of things would have been avoidable. But they're not because it's 1999. It's 1999. So, Charity walks in and goes into the kitchen to use the phone and the cordless. The cordless phone. Yeah. And Grace comes in through the side entrance right <gasps> behind her. Here we go again. Right this, behind her. Here we go again with this bullshit. And she sees a stranger she, in the home, in her home, on the phone, and doesn't do anything about it. She just walks on by. She comes into her fucking house, sees a blonde girl that she's never seen before using her phone in her kitchen, and she says, oh, let me go do the laundry. You don't go over... Like, at the very least, you just be like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. At the very least, you speak. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Well, you also... I mean, yeah. at the very, very least, at, the normal reaction will be to walk over and look at her and say, who are you? Yeah. And why are you in my house? I think Grace just didn't want to interrupt because she heard that she was on the phone or saw that she was on the phone. I don't know. I'm tired of explaining... The stupid reasons why characters do the things they do. <laughs> so, Charity's on the phone, and Grace comes in and just starts doing her laundry in the background. That mm-hmm. is exactly what I wrote in my notes. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes. Because that's exactly what happens. <laughs> I mean, and so, Charity's on the phone with Faith, mm-hmm. and Faith says, I was worried sick about you. Where are you? Mm. Charity tells her, I'm in Harmony. She's like, what are you doing in Harmony? You need to get your ass back here. I'm mm. very worried about you. Mom, nothing's nothing's wrong. I met the boy. I met this woman's house, blah, blah, blah. And Faith says, well, put that woman on the phone. I need to talk to his mother. Let, or let me, no, to that the, mother. The mother. The mother. Let right. me talk to that mother. So, uh, but look, it's not happening. It's it didn't happen happening. in this episode. It's not happening. <sighs> I don't know how. How many times can they walk us up to the line and then not not deliver? Cross it, yeah. So anyway, Miguel comes in and no, who comes in? Miguel. Miguel, Miguel comes, comes in, talks in, to Charity a talks little bit. Talks to Charity. He says, and then he one, says, Mrs. Bennett is home. And then, yeah. in the background, from a different door, I guess, yeah. from the background, Jessica comes in and talks to Grace. That's who it was. And Grace says, "Why don't you take Miguel into the living room? It looks like." Charity is busy. Like, yeah. she looks like she needs some privacy. So then uh, Miguel and Jessica go into the living room, and Charity is, and 
Grace are left in that kitchen laundry area right. together. And that's the end of that scene. Yep. We don't we don't get to see the end of it. I'm sure it will bleed into the next episode, but that's where we leave it. Yeah, that's where we leave it. And that's there, it. There's just one more big thing we got to talk about. Really? What? Well, Sheridan goes on a drive. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know where to, but Sheridan How takes a forget? little She takes a little jaunt in the car. Okay. Listen, people. Sheridan needs her license revoked. <laughs> Do you hear me? She shouldn't have a driver's license because this woman crashes into Luis's car again. She has <laughs> his she, new car. She has crashed her car 3 times in 4 days. <laughs> Once in Paris. Once in Paris and twice in Harmony. Yeah. Once, la- once in Paris, once last night, th- basically this exact same scenario, and and then today. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't deserve a driver's license. No. And she should be in jail, and they should check out her, like, brain, because why are you having so many car accidents? Right. And this certainly cannot be an isolated event. You don't just get into three accidents in four days. She can't and maybe, drive. You know, and maybe there is, like, damage that occurred in Paris when she was in that car crash. She was in a fucking coma. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't call it a coma. They're like, oh, no, she's fine. Like Nothing nap. at all has happened. She just took a nap. So she's on her drive. She crashes into Luis's new car again. And right. he's, like, off the road. Yeah. They're he, off the road. So she's... She was she, veering off, out of the lane and off the road. She's, like, daydreaming about... <laughs> About she's, that, yeah. she's having that flashback of her with the bloody hands over the dead body, right? And so she is a little distracted, but still. And Louise comes out like, "What the hell? What's going on?" And he sees her again. He's like, "Again? You did this again? <laughs> are you after me? I feel like you're trying to. Are you trying to kill me? Do you think you can get away with it? Because your name's Crane." And Sheridan tried to blame it on him. Yeah, yeah. She's like. Oh, she's like, well, you're basically in the road. And he said, this isn't my fault. You Are you trying to blame me for yeah. what you did? Yeah, you, you ran did into this. me. He had left the police station because he was on patrol, right? Like, he had to go sit out and keep an eye. I don't know. He what was he doing? Well, he was out there patrolling. Is that right? Yeah, is that, I don't yeah. know when, why or when he left, but he's a cop, so he was out and, out and about. I assume he's just sitting there, like, getting ready to write traffic tickets. So he's off, and you can see he's, like, off the side of the road. Yeah. Right? It's not like he was in the lane and she rear-ended him, which yeah. would have been her fault anyway, because if you rear-end someone, it's, it's your, your fault. fault. But no, he, he, he again, she T-bones his, his new car. Yeah, so she veers off the road, rams into his car again. They argue again. That's all I wrote. She and Louise fight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And that's when that final flashback comes in. She says, I'm sorry. I was distracted. I was a little foggy. My brain, I was, I was daydreaming a little bit. He's like, what could you possibly be thinking about that? He said, Getting your nails done. <laughs> and then she flashes to her hands, bloody, yeah. standing over a dead body. So yeah. that made me laugh, actually. It made me laugh, too, because she did have her nails done. Yep. In blood. Yeah, she's covered in blood. So that is the end of... That is the end. Episode 29. It was a good one. A lot, a it lot happened. It was a good one. A lot happened. All right. So... What do you want to say to these people? I want to say that you should subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. You should tell your friends about us. Tell your friends about please. us, please. You should follow us on social media. Instagram and Facebook at Passions Podcast. Yeah. 
you should draw your own sketches of Teresa and send them our way because oh I would God. love to see some more artwork of Teresa. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. If you want to write, to draw a sketch of Teresa, please, by all means, or any of the characters. Or any, you know what? Honestly, we should do a contest. We should do a contest. If there are any, if you consider yourself to be a good artist or even a poor artist, look, I can't, I can barely draw a stick figure. I'm a terrible artist, but like, I would love to see some fan art. You know, see some, like, pictures. If you're a good artist, like, I would love to see some sketches. Or even if you're a bad artist. Or even if you're a bad artist. I would love to see anything. Yeah. Yeah. You can email any submissions that you have to passionspodcast at gmail.com. You can also send them to us on Instagram, but Gmail is a little bit easier for something like this. All right. So, with that, you are my passion for life.